Welcome to Freelance Deals, a podcast for anyone who is self-employed, freelance, or thinking about it. Every episode, I speak to a different person from the self-employed community or a freelancer, talking about their story, their experiences, and getting all of their advice for you so that you can have a happier freelance time too. Freelance life is often seen as a holy grail, and it's not always easy. And I hope that these conversations bring comfort, support, and advice to people that really need it. If you enjoy the podcast, please do rate and review it. And if you'd like to join me and talk more about Freelance Fields, come over and have a chat on Instagram at freelance underscore fields. And now, on with the episode. Welcome to Freelance Feels, a podcast for anyone who's freelance, self-employed or thinking about it. This episode, I'm talking to Helen Hill, aka The Unlikely Genius. Helen, welcome to the podcast. Lovely to see you. Hello. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Now, the the last time I saw you was actually at the Ipsy National Freelancer Awards. Yes. We need to talk about awards and we need to talk about being an unlikely genius because I'd love to know all about that name. But could you start by telling everyone what you do and if indeed you call yourself freelance or whether you like to use a different term for your self-employed status well right yes interesting yeah, uh, yeah it's... Freelance, some people are like no I'm an entrepreneur I'm a small business owner I'm a this that and the other so yeah I'd love to know what people yeah say. oh we can definitely cover that one um yeah but unlikely genius is my learning and content design business so I basically take people's um training content whether it was previously face-to-face or whether it's new content and turn it into online courses for their businesses um, so obviously that's been quite a busy one this yeah, last two years because okay. everybody is getting online. Um, yeah, so that's, and the content design is all about looking to make sure that content is written for the right person at the right place in the right time, yeah. using plain English and all that kind of side of things just to make it really usable and accessible for everybody. Brilliant. How did you get into that? Is that what you've always done? No, I had the squiggliest of careers. So I started <laughs> off as a graphic designer. That was what my degree and a master's degree were in. Yeah. In Well, it was basically advertising, marketing, graphic design. And did that for a few years. Got lured into being a lecturer in graphic design. I ignored Ooh. my mum's advice to not go down that route. <laughs> did that for a while. <laughs> Um, left that world quite promptly, I think after about three or four years, to get my sanity back. Um, and I ended up being a teaching assistant for a little bit while I would take what I wanted to do. And I actually got a job in an academy school, at, um, basically running a le- learning centre. So I managed things like literacy interventions mm. for kids that had come into the school with low ability reading and um integrating like technology they had ipads and things like that so integrating that into the classroom while running the library and a sort of open plan classroom space and from there my experience and skills started to merge and someone contacted me about being a graphic designer in an e-learning company and it was there that we realized because I'd taught I knew how to write I knew how to structure learning I knew how to create the best learning experience and I became 
basically did everything. Um, so I do the, the design, the writing and the build. And that's what I've taken into my freelance business. It just finally all came together. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Cause that yeah. really taps into that theory that I've really come to believe in that you've got to be all the old freelance you or all the old things you've ever done in your career in order to be the thing that you are now, everything jigsaws together. So I love yeah. that you're, you're, you're proving that theory to me today. I really like that. Yeah. Do you call yeah. Freelance then? What, what do you say? Do you say freelance? I use a mixture. Mm. I, I don't say entrepreneur cause I don't feel like that's, I feel like an entrepreneur is a bigger thing where you're mm. managing larger scale businesses and probably multiple things. And yeah whilst I do have multiple things on the go because I'm a bit of a magpie for everything. Um, I tend to refer to myself as a freelancer or a contractor um, because I do do big, big scale projects. I don't do tend to do small things. E-learning takes a long time to convert into e-learning. So my projects can be anything from a couple of weeks to one project a month. It's been going on two years and we're still not finished. So it depends on this because it was 36 modules and it was a huge thing where I was really having to help them transform this face-to-face stuff into uh, actual online learning and a blended approach where they're still having sessions over Mm -hmm. the internet on zoom and things like that well teams and and using facebook workplace and all these things that are merging into it yeah um so yeah in in terms of those kind of jobs I tend to refer to myself more as a contractor or just self-employed designer yeah, it does I like that we depend can use on the different country. words. That's really cool, isn't it? Actually, you're just like, hold on, we don't have to define ourselves with one word. Why not have three types of freelance that you do? Yeah, and I think sometimes I do fall into just saying self-employed because mm. that covers everything. And I had this problem with writing the book actually that I kept I saying ask freelance. You also written a book in amongst all of these two-year projects. You just yeah. finished. Pop out a little book. Yeah, just you know, just we'll falling off the ladder. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, I I very much find that with two terms in the book because not everyone calls themselves freelance and not everyone calls it the corporate world. So it's the career ladder, it's in employment. It's So I have quite often called it the corporate world, but by that I'm referring to generally anything where you're employed by someone else. Yes. Because it was just a bit of a catch-all term. But um, corporate can be a bit of a dirty word, can't it? People say, oh, I'm not corporate. Oh, it is for me. Yeah, it's kind of like, how do you have to say it's corporate (laughs) and icky one for you? Yes. Very much so. <laughs> and I'm tying the education system in with that as well. <laughs> yes. Because it is very corporate these days. <laughs> yes, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. And where does Unlikely Genius come from? The name of your... Is that the name yeah, of the company it... or what you just call yourself? No, that is the name of the company. And I actually had the company for sort of 10 years on the side of full-time work before I went full-time independent. Mm. Um, and it came from... I've always been... Well, a totally clumsy sod for a start and a bit, well, I'm a massive child. I love Disney. I love sloths. I love anything fluffy. Um, And people didn't seem to think that that equated to having any brain cells. Mm. Um, And I just found that, and I had a very intelligent sister, you know, who got all A's in her GCSEs and A-levels and everything. And I was following that all the way through my Mm. education. And uh, yeah, when I was coming to the end of my master's and we were looking at how to promote ourselves after, we, I was coming up with business names because I didn't feel confident going out as my own name. Mm. It was almost something to hide behind. And I just came up with, earlier that day, I'd had someone say, well, that's a, that's a good idea, Helen, it, in total shock that I'd come up with. <laughs> the self-esteem is like plummeting. 
thanks so much yeah i do have them yeah yeah i do have some ideas yeah this is the thing people just seem shocked when i came out with stuff or when i got like first in my degree and things like that so um yeah it was born from that just being this blonde clumsy plonker (laughs) (laughs) i'm interested when you say about hiding behind a business name would you be happy to expand on that only because it's really interesting to think Mm. that i know some people immediately go for their own name when they're calling something their business and i relate to that with freelance fields i much prefer to say that name than my own not and it's not sort of hiding so much as like i like the almost the kudos of it having a name as well it feels more businessy Mm. to me but sort of tell me a bit more about that sort of that idea that you're yeah you're sort of then there's a name that it's not just putting yourself straight out there is that associated as well yeah possibly um I mean when I left the the masters I was still so shy painfully Mm. shy and I'd had a bit of a rough ride on that course and yeah it 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 was it was quite difficult really Mm. going then from that world into employment and to be honest I did the masters because at the end of my degree I did not feel ready to go into into employment at all Mm. I was so lacking in confidence um which people can't believe that now but (laughs) it's hard to believe that when I chat to you and when I met you it's like oh wow yeah (laughs) but even three years ago you know when I left employment I was back in that position and Mm -hmm. I think it was just that I could I felt better putting a name out there than my own name because it and it, it was that argument you see quite a lot in the freelance community of do you use your own name or do you use something that could almost be look like a bigger business than just mm. you mm. um whereas that wasn't the point for me I didn't want to look like a big agency or anything and that's never been my issue my aim to, to to head to um a big agency and start employing people um but it was just almost that alternative identity isn't it mm and business you <laughs> yeah, yeah. And i think that's the thing that i've always felt like possibly because of this whole thing of of people's expectations of me that i almost needed to project a different thing out there mm. than me um and put on a front so but funnily enough i was never very confident in them putting that name out there even and i felt a bit strange and i didn't want people asking me why it was named that and things mm. And yet now, when I've gone full-time self-employed, I can't believe how much attention it gets and how much I love it. And I finally feel oh. like I am this brand and I am the Unlike the Genius. And it's been a hell of a transformation from... I used to kind of go, oh, yeah, well, I've got my, my business, Unlike the Genius, and just, you know, really shyly hide it away. Yeah, and now I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm this, <laughs> I am this brand. This is me. Brilliant. <laughs> and it suits my personality rather mm-hmm. than, you know, having Helen Hill designs or something. <laughs> which, yes. Yeah, no, I totally relate to that. Oh, I yeah. love that little, that sort of segue for you, that moving into finding, like, finding your freelance niche and spot and your, your confidence in that sort of, that journey way. I know journey's a bit of a uh, word, isn't it? But Oh, no, I use that quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. it's the only word to describe it, isn't it, really? It's sort of, it's, it's one step yeah, at a time, isn't it? You don't suddenly turn around and go, right, I'm going to name my company and I'm going to be really confident and I'm going to go out all guns blazing not yeah. every day is like that is it <laughs> no it's not and even like when you look at the the way the actual brand the design of it's evolved like it was quite fun and quirky at the beginning then it went quite black and white okay. and quite corporate feeling almost 
And then last year I just went, that's just not right. And I just redesigned it overnight. And I've been umming and ahhing about it for months and then it just suddenly happened. Brilliant. And I've launched it and, you know, relaunched it in the lovely bright colours and, and things. And now it, that's why it feels much better as well, I think, that yeah. it needed the colour and it needed the personality in it. So yeah, It really does. It's got lovely a real vibrancy to it when it pops up on my Instagram feed all your lovely colours I'm like oh lovely it's like a bit of a bolt of sunshine <laughs> coming through talking yeah. of which I was looking at my Instagram this morning it's November the 10th as we're chatting um, and I noticed that you're launching and you're putting out a newsletter now I know you have a newsletter but you, you've got a new newsletter going on and tell us about that and the book and how all the book came about and then the newsletter yeah, Let's so I've actually, side of things. <laughs> I've actually got a bit of purpose now. Yeah, it's so I, I launched a book on October the 11th um, called Falling Off the Ladder, which is all about shifting your mindset from working for other people, from being at a desk nine to five, being told what to do, being in toxic environments, oh. which was a big thing for me, to then thrive as a freelancer and how you can embrace all these different aspects of being freelance. So that's been out a month and I still can't believe it's out. It's uh, and the response it's got has been very overwhelming. To be honest, it's been lovely. Um, but I finally have sat down and actually put a bit of a content plan together. So there is going to be a newsletter coming out from next week called "The Last Rung." So yeah. the idea of getting you off that corporate ladder, that career ladder, and how I can help you do it. So obviously, there's there's various themes in the book, and it's going to reflect those and give you little activities that you can do um and just help you kind of reflect quite a bit i think mm. on your journey which yeah there we go there's that word again <laughs> well, yeah, um, isn't it but it's a good word yeah I don't <laughs> because the you know the books in in three parts very much about es establishing where you are mm -hmm. and you know whether you've leapt or you're about to leap or you're just thinking about it nice. dealing with the emotions and then part three is to how to really kind of change your mindset and get yourself grounded in in self-employment mm. so yeah I'm going to use the newsletter to kind of go through those phases as well like I say give various tips resources links to amazing freelancers out there I mean the book is a celebration of other freelancers it's not oh. all about me I there's nine <laughs> other people's stories in there and on the website I've been sharing lots of people's stories as well in what I've been calling the jeepers leapers so <laughs> the <laughs> You're, what? you're not an unlikely genius you sound like a likely genius <laughs> oh, well funnily enough on the brand that's why I've started to fade out the un at the beginning of it because oh. someone said that to me recently and when I was doing the rebrand I was like oh maybe I should just fade out the un a little bit because I'm starting to feel more confident I think, yeah so there you go I love that um but that took us off tangent but yeah so <laughs> yeah the tangent. book's out the newsletter's coming so if anyone wants to sign up to get some little tips to help you just head to fallingofftheladder.com and put your name in the i think I, I tried to set a pop-up yesterday i'm not good with websites um, <laughs> no, I like but one should come website. up <laughs> fallingofftheladder.com brilliant i love that and it made yeah. me wonder do you think now how do i mean this so do freelancers also have a ladder that perhaps we get onto accidentally or i mean i relate to the idea of falling off the ladder as a freelancer because i think i it's easy to get involved in contracting, for example, and working for certain clients that perhaps then start to feel like a boss, even though you're not mm. in a full time job. Do you think there's a freelance ladder as well as the corporate ladder? And we have to be careful as freelancers not to be stuck on a different a kind of ladder in a way. Yeah, definitely. And 
I mean, I've had some people that have said, oh, I didn't fall off the ladder. I leapt off it and stuff. Mm. It's like, well, that's amazing if you really, you know, made that conscious decision. Mine was very much accidental. And yeah, we can get on to that. I did not plan to go full-time freelance. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, and I think there is, and one of the reasons I wrote the book was because I kept seeing people talking in the freelance communities about my customer wants me at my desk nine to five, but this doesn't yeah. work for me. I've got childcare, I've got da, 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 da. And, uh, and, you know, people saying, well, push back. You're a freelancer now. They can't tell you when mm. is your time to work and things. So I think it was seeing all of that kind of conversation that just made me think, you know, I've taken myself from having an absolute meltdown and being a mm. breaking point to having a thriving career and reestablishing my confidence in two years. So I can help other people do that and to just start to push back. And now I don't do everything right. I'm terrible at stamping all over my own boundaries and people <laughs> pleasing yeah and yeah and it, just this morning like you know a client's asked me when I'm available over Christmas and I was sending the dates and then I was going to go oh but I could do and I was like no 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 you know you've got to start saying that I'm I'm available these dates I'm not available these dates and and things like that so yeah it, it's something that we do kind of form our own ladder and our own belief that we're expected to do certain things when actually mm. you're, you're your own boss now you're in control and that can be terrifying yeah um and it can be something really hard to deal with I you know I think there was a, a bit of a light bulb moment for me nothing particular set it off but I just sort of went well no actually I, you know if I want to go to the gym at two o'clock in the afternoon I can do that mm. and Part of my re- re- uh, reason for going freelance was I, well, obviously the meltdown, mm. but also I have two chronic health conditions and I also have terrible insomnia. Mm. So sitting at a desk nine to five for me was killing me. I was so tired having to get up at six in the morning, drive for an hour, be at this desk, not allowed to move. Mm. I was in chronic pain. Um, and you know that lowered my resilience and, mm. and, and various other things so being freelance for me means if I've had insomnia all night I don't have to sit in a car falling asleep on the drive oh. which I nearly did numerous oh, times goodness. you know I can start working at 10 I can oh. work at nine o'clock at night if I want to work at three in the morning I can do that <laughs> and it has just transformed everything and funnily enough now I've had that freedom my health has improved a thousand percent. I've gone from having to have weekly physio appointments, pretty much monthly hospital appointments, Mm. God knows how many neurologists and all sorts supporting me to now I go to the hospital once every six months for a checkup. And in fact, last week she said, I feel like I've dragged you in for nothing. You don't need to be here. Oh, wow. That's a big change. Once a month. Mm. And I've gone from having months off sick Two, I've had three sick days in three years altogether just for a really bad virus I had and that's wow. it and so that's the power that freelancing can have when you you know really establish yourself yeah. and your boundaries and all those other things and you know taking aside the bullying and like I said the toxic workplace and the mm. discrimination I, mm. I suffered because it was an invisible illness oh but you look fine yeah but I'm not I'm in so much pain, you know. But people thought because you were showing up, and I guess that's the vicious circle, isn't it? You show up, even though, gosh, like you said, you were almost asleep in the car, which Mm. must have been terrifying for you because you must have felt like you were having to show up because were you worried you were going to potentially lose your role and all that kind of thing. And 
yeah Yeah, well that's it if you because they'd say well if you're that in that much pain don't come in but if I don't come in you've put me on this Bradford factor scale even though I'm covered by the disability act and shouldn't be on it Mm. and you're telling me one more absence and and I'm in disciplinaries and and all this kind of so you you know that whole um what do they call it presenteeism or whatever Mm, yeah was was real you know and yeah it was it was very and it was just such a massive cycle of obviously the more pain I was in the more my mental health suffered Mm. and then I was in more pain and then (laughs) it was just this absolute so yeah it was no surprise that it ended up in a meltdown and Mm. you know I was having daily panic attacks in the toilets but then I was told I was unprofessional for that um which at least I took myself off somewhere Mm, but you shouldn't even have to oh my goodness it's just it's a real surprise to hear all of this, I think, because you are such a positive, you come across as such a positive, energetic, sort of active <laughs> person. You wouldn't think that any of this had happened to you. It, it's quite a surprise to sort of hear that. And it's sort of like, oh my goodness. It's, no, and this it's is why it? I think... People sort of make judgments on you. Well, you're a positive person. It doesn't mean I'm yeah. not hurting. It doesn't mean I'm not challenged. It doesn't mean I'm not suffering in some no, way. No, and you know, people don't see the the tears I've been in and you know mm-hmm. even you know this last last week I had a real down moment and I was in tears for two days and you know and, and people don't see it but that's why I think it's really important to be quite transparent on things like Instagram and if you have a shit day you can say it and you know or LinkedIn or whatever it is so I'm quite open to an extent I don't say everything obviously but mm. <laughs> I will be open if I'm having a really rough moment and yeah. there's so many communities where you can engage so like there's a discord channel I'm, I'm in with Ellen Forster um well no that was a she's just got married so her name's changed but ah. um you know last week I put in there discord, like what's discord is that an app or something yeah it's like slack so it's just like a oh, whole okay. chat thing with different channels um, and she's got one for freelancers. So I posted in that last, last week, like, is anyone else just feeling utterly rubbish and mm. down? And everyone was like, yes. And it was, but once I'd said it, it got it off my chest. I could see mm. everyone else was feeling the same. And then we had all, we all had a chat about it. And then I've just been, got back to, you know, what I was doing. And it's nice to have that outlet, I think. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I do think it's important to be, be open about some of this stuff and the challenges Mm. it's not all because people like i say people at the moment just keep going oh my god you're everywhere and you're doing this and you're doing mm. that and you've got a book out for god's sake and it's like yeah but the trauma of like the publishing process is what you've not seen yeah because that's the thing and do you self-publish didn't you so you, yeah, you did, did all the yeah. editing and how, how was that for you what made you want to write a book as well what what kind of brought all of that together for you and why did you decide to go down well publishing as you can see well you can see behind yeah, me the behind listeners you, want. Yeah. i have yeah. yeah two these only arrived a couple of weeks ago two massive bookshelves of this is about a quarter of my books <laughs> um yeah i i am a big book geek i love reading um and i've always wanted to write a book always thought it would be a children's book oh. and i certainly never thought i would be brave enough to write something so personal Mm. um but yeah I started writing a book originally about e-learning and content design and how the two worlds work together Uh but about two chapters in I was thoroughly bored of myself because (laughs) I write (laughs) I write that stuff all day you know and I write articles for a journal and things like that and I was just like oh this is not what I want to write about in my free time and I joined a five-day challenge with Erin Chamberlain Mm-hmm. who's a book mentor oh, cool. and realized that actually there was this other book in me and 
from that moment, I've just been like, go, go, go. Hired her. Oh, wait, I got on her author incubator program. Mm. She's been my editor. Um, I, and yeah, I got a proofreader and all sorts involved because I wanted to do a proper job of it. Mm. I didn't want it to be one of these, oh, I've written a book and it's just like some download or it's not been done professionally and it's not mm. been proofread and all that side. I wanted it. So I've invested a lot of money in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think I'll ever make that money back, but it wasn't about the money for mm. why I've done it. So um yeah I think it it was just something I wanted to do and it just suddenly was the right time yeah. and I have still I have got some children's books in development still I was which... gonna say I feel like when you said that that feels like something that's gone onto the the to-do list yes. rather than the not to-do list yeah yeah which I haven't written them somebody else has so I've got one where someone wrote a story and saw some creature well saw some of my crochet on Twitter and has asked me to crochet some creatures for it so that's one in development and I've got two where for my side project be the future which is about helping parents to bring sustainability in and into their family life and Mm. raise the eco leaders of the next generation but we're doing it through positivity none of the doom and gloom um we've got two books in development for that so Sally's written them the co-founder and I'm illustrating them so it says be the future be the future yeah That's be the so future dot earth on instagram um, and our I'm website will be live that. next week oh, um, funnily enough tessa your last guest yes. is out we're recording a podcast with her tomorrow morning oh brilliant <laughs> yeah tessa clark yeah. Romeo, fantastic you have yeah. a podcast as well then well it's going to be coming out this is the first series we're just re- recording it yeah so it's going to be Thanks. called Pack thrive um wow yeah so that'll be soon we've got we've had some amazing people say yes so we're really Brilliant. really excited for that yeah wow you, you do get a, you do pack a lot in don't you what, what do you <laughs> yeah. do to what, what do you do when you're like no hold on no more work what that was going to be my question a minute ago as well kind of what what helps you keep balance now with your mental health and, and your physical health perhaps what keeps you yeah. more comfortable and, and well, all of this busyness yeah I'm not very good at saying no and I do get very excited about taking more and more on um so I and I, but the thing is I've always been very restless and struggled to sit still so I can't I'm not someone that can sit and watch tv or something I have to be okay. doing something else while I yeah. do it so the only thing that makes me sit still is I took up crochet and mm. I crochet like little octopuses for preemie babies and oh. I do various bits of projects for and, and gifts and things I've mm. been banned basically from making anything else for the house I made a whale which um, I thought was going to be quite small, and it's the length of my leg. Oh. And when I <laughs> this blue whale I've called Betty, and once I'd done that, Graham just went, no more. Oh, <laughs> is that your partner, husband? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. partner, yeah. So, um, no yeah, more. no more. No more for that. Every time I start something, he goes, who's this for? Uh, I'll have <laughs> yeah. a cactus, please. <laughs> yeah. I do have a crochet cactus somewhere that someone made me in a little plant pot. It's yeah, like a little oh, I love those. They're it's cute. very cute. Yeah, with a little pom pom yeah. top. It looks a bit like a booby. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Sorry, so I not do everyone's that. twelve and then... listening to this, are they? Well, yeah, like true. A booby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a pert one. Oh wow! Yeah, so Tom no, Dakin style. I'm sure people have made that. Con- uh, oh yes. Word comparison because he's brought crochet. Yes. Into the fore, hasn't he? And knitting, and said, "Look, yeah, this this keeps me from." you know thinking yeah, too much and, and, and it's from, quite a mindful yeah. thing because you've got yeah. to count um and keep track of where you are which still my brain wanders and then I'm like oh god how many rows have I done how many stitches and I have to kind of recount again but um yeah and I think it 
it's nice to have that purpose of doing it for other people so like if yeah. i'm crocheting gifts or like even someone on the estate was like you know we're doing my kids room up with a new safari theme well you're doing some animals so i did four for him and totally. you know it's just a nice little thing to kind of be doing and then i did have a phase which i need to pick up again now because the book obviously put everything on the sideline yeah. where I was doing some stuff for blankets for baby rhinos, which is a charity where they actually provide blankets for baby rhinos that have been, their, their parents have been, you know, oh. poached. Oh, um, and for the people that sleep in the bush overnight mm. to protect them, the guards. So yeah, crocheting hats and blankets and stuff for them. So I had a phase of doing that as well. And it really is nice to just think, mm. you know, it's out there. And obviously you're paying for all the materials and stuff, but, when there's a nice purpose at the end, it, mm. it's really nice. So yeah. between those and yeah, I took up weaving as well. I've got weaving. a loom. Oh, just wow. to become like a great Graham's it's like a Victorian workhouse downstairs. <laughs> Need a mangle and uh, <laughs> it's like Downton Abbey downstairs. Yeah, it really is. In my craft corner, as he calls yeah. it as well. Yeah. Well, it's a huge power yeah. in that though. It's funny, isn't it? Because I think a lot of people do. I watch a lot of telly to switch off. Like I quite like the the mind-numbing part and the entertainment of telly, but I totally get why craft, because it takes your hands away yeah. from the phone, which is a huge thing, mm. isn't it? Because then you're not scrolling. We well, can't scroll while you're holding a crochet hook and, and counting or you're doing something else. Do you find that that's a real benefit, that it stops you, it stops you doom scrolling if, you, if you're doing your craft? Yeah, definitely. And I, you know, I mean, my phone is generally always attached to me, but mm -hmm. I, what yeah. I try to do as well is turn it upside down so I can't see it flash when mm. a notification comes or something um, because I just find I was constantly picking it up and constantly yeah. pressing the button. So I try and put it out of my sight a bit more now. But yeah. I definitely have to have my hands doing something. So, I mean, quite often when doing all this stuff, I have an audiobook on or Netflix mm. in the background because we, we don't actually have a TV. We just have Netflix and Prime yeah. and that's it um on our tablets because we don't even watch the same stuff because <laughs> graham's like i'm not watching all this depressing stuff you watch <laughs> yeah. i was going to ask you i would have asked you afterwards but I, i've been watching made on netflix and it's really oh really good yeah. yeah but it's not it's not cheery i'll put it that no. way it's quite well, a yeah. subject matter but um yeah i had, I had to stop watching the handmaid's tale earlier this year because it was just not the time to be watching that it was fantastic yeah. but i was not in the right place a dystopian that. future is not not what you want to watch when <laughs> just the themes in it of yeah, yeah various yeah so i was like we'll put that off for a bit so i'm watching things like good girls now which are just absolute trash but brilliant yeah 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 it's just it's really nice because it just does switch your switches your head into something different and then yeah. when like you say about physical activity i'm terrible at actually just sitting and getting stuck in this desk for hours mm. so i have just joined a new gym just to make me get out and go for a swim or i just have to be really careful because i can very easily put my back out okay. so i'm having to really learn to stop doing too much i'm you know i love body combat and all that stuff but it's not good mm. for me so i'm having to find a new balance of doing all that so yeah yeah but it's, it's kind of it's about the trying have... as well isn't it like the mm. the joining and the going even if you do 10 lengths and say oh do you know what I think I need to stop my back hurts it's like yeah but you went and you took yeah. yourself to the pool or you took yourself to the gym you said I'm not sitting at my desk would you say that's a, yeah. a key thing for people to remember to do even if it's going for a walk or something yeah and I you know I, 
I think a good thing to do is even call other freelancers. Like I once had a walking call with uh, Sarah Townsend. Um, oh yes, she's been on this very me, podcast. Yeah, yes. <laughs> she offered to give me some advice about the book process and stuff. And you yes. know, we had a walk and talk, and I walked. We've got a fantastic viaduct behind our house, and beautiful view and it was a lovely day and so I walked up talking to her and then I just sat there for ages just staring out at it and I was gonna and I said I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do it every week have I done it since no and <laughs> you know I really need to mm. make sure I get out and the I think other freelancers talking about how they're getting themselves out is giving me a push to do it oh, so yeah I think with me having something that I'm paying for for a start in the gym mm, membership yeah. helps guilt me into going a little bit uh, but I do it I do enjoy it when I get there and you know my physio does tell me off most weeks because he you know he's saying you still sat at your desk too much and he can tell because my mm. my hip flexors have shortened with sitting at a desk for so long and oh so goodness. he said because I've been in that 90 degree position for so mm. long and he said it's something that's increasing with everyone working from home and sitting still for so long that your hip flexors will shorten. So yeah. Wide eyed. I do this at least once yeah. an episode. I do this and then I realise that nobody's watching because it's a podcast, which is audio. And I'm like, my eyes are really wide. Like with the rhinos, yeah. I have my head in my hands. No, no one can see you, Jenny. But oh my God. Everyone yeah. go and stretch your hips today. Just sit cross-legged and just stretch out, please. As, as you're listening yeah. to this, everyone. Stretch Stand and hips. pull your foot up to your bum. And make yeah. sure you push your hips forward. Yeah, yeah. do some calf stretches. and yeah. yeah. I mean, I have to go for walks because I've got the dogs now. So they're like my non-negotiable. Mm. But when I broke my ankle in the summer, uh, as well documented Ooh. on the Instagram, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. And I didn't realise how much I missed it until I couldn't go out. And then I realised like I was getting a bit grumpy. And I thought, God, mm. it's because I haven't been around the field. Even though sometimes they tear off and I'm like, where have they gone? <laughs> the going out bit is, and away from the desk, you're so right, is a huge sort of mental health change and do you find you yeah. come up with new ideas and, and ways to work projects when you're not at your desk as well is that a positive in that way I, I think I do mm. and I mean I feel slightly chained to my desk because to do the e-learning I need the two screens and stuff so it's not very easy to mm. you know work from a coffee shop or, a, or whatever but I am in a network who have a co-working space and I do I, it's only this last week I've been thinking I think I need to get myself just in a different environment mm -hmm. even just for a day a month um or when I'm doing things like you know like when I was writing the book and things or I'm writing a blog post mm. try and shift environments a little bit even to the other spare room we've got on the front of yeah. the house just to yeah. to have that a different chair for a, start, a yeah. different room and yeah and I, I, I am going to try the nomad thing a little bit more and maybe go work from a couple of places. There's mm -hmm. a fantastic coffee shop at our gym. And I know that's something Sarah Townsend does, that she works from her... Yeah, she makes it her the, office. Because she said when it was yeah. lockdown, she's like, um, they've closed the gym, which is also my office. Like, what am I yeah. going to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I maybe need to just try things yeah. like that and just yeah. get out and about. But it's very easy, isn't it, to just stay in the same place. And Yeah, it's like we're conditioned yeah. to sit at a desk. And if you're not at a desk, are you working? There's a yeah. question for everybody. Well, if you're not at your desk, do you feel like you're not working? Yeah. That's my philosophical question for everybody today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did like, a, I saw a post last week um, where someone had said, if a copywriter's staring out the window, they're working. Yes. You know, they're just having the words going around their brain. and <laughs> That's the thing, people. So I often write, and I don't know if any writers that are listening will relate to this, but I often don't write my newsletter, for example, until... Sometimes the day before it's due out, mm. but I'll spend most of the month thinking about it. So I don't start yeah. 
the idea process when I sit down to write it. I'll have been, I'm pondering three topics at the moment for the December one, and I'll suddenly decide one next week, think about what the image might be, and it starts to build. So when I sit down to write it, it's not the beginning of yeah. it. It's the actual end of the process. It just hasn't involved any writing yet. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 And you started three different things and gone, no, it's not working. No, it's not working. Yeah. Yeah, And then, yeah, mine often is created about 20 minutes before I send it out. (laughs) Yeah. And you're just like, right, brain dump. There it is. Done. (laughs) Now, I mentioned Um, about the awards at the beginning, and I just love to get sort of, so we were both nominated for an Ipsy Freelancers Awards, which is just so brilliant to be nominated. And I just wondered if you had any particular feelings or advice for people about entering and winning slash not winning awards, because it's a real emotional process from the entering to the ceremony to that. Is it me to meeting other people that are nominated? Do you have any advice for people that are thinking of entering or nervous of entering from your experience? Well, I I would say just do it because Mm. you know what? I filled in most of the application and then chickened out because yeah. I just thought, well, for a start, I'd seen that Sophie had entered and I just thought, oh, well, <laughs> Sophie it's Cross hers. Sophie Cross from Freelancer Magazine. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I just thought, well, she's going to get it over me any day. So I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to bother. And then fully enough, like the day before the deadline or the day of the deadline, mm. I'd said, she'd posted that she'd entered and I and I said, oh, well, I was going to. And she gave me the kick up the bum to actually do it. And we mm. actually both ended up shortlisted in the same category. Um, and... I fully did not expect to even be shortlisted. Mm. So that was really exciting. And then to be honest, because me and Sophie have been engaged quite a lot on social media and, you know, she's become a friend and, yeah. and stuff. It was love. And obviously like Sarah Townsend, like say we'd had a chat and we'd been messaging more and more, leaving each other lots of little voice notes and stuff. It was really nice to just actually go to the ceremony and meet them. And it sounds yeah. very cliche to be like, oh, it was just glad to, I'm glad to just be nominated and that. But actually, <laughs> it really was because I never had any expectation of winning. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I could go to London, I actually managed to convince Graham to have a four day break in London. Oh, as so part you made of it, which break. is brilliant. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Awesome. Yeah. So we came down on the Thursday till the Sunday. And because we we don't have a good history with London, me and Graham, which I will come to. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I managed to convince him to have it, make it into a break. And I'd met Sarah before the awards on the afternoon. She came for a drink with us. And it was just lovely to have all that and to, to meet you guys. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, and all because I think, you know, I've been making more and more contact in the freelance world, but it's so rare you actually meet them, especially mm. when they're at the other end of the country. Yeah. So it is a really nice excuse to just all get together. I mean, the free Prosecco helped. My God, yes. I was suffering the next day. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Had a five guys burger before I went to bed. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> oh, good plan. Good plan. I did not do that. Um, yeah. So I, like I say, think unexpected things come for it. And I, mm. I've got another award ceremony at the end of this month in London again, pretty much next Ooh. door to where we were. Um, so I'm shortlisted for two awards. Oh, which one? Um, so Digital Woman of the Year, and as part of that, I've oh. been on the top 40 women to watch list. Um, so the, these were announced on International Women's Day in March, actually, but obviously because of COVID, the ceremony kept getting put back. Yeah. And Freelancer of the Year. Fantastic. So, yeah, so I know I I have to get up on stage to accept something for the top 40 digital women list, 
but I had no idea whether I've won the other two. Um, but again, and for that one, because it's all about the women, nobody's yeah. taking their men and everyone's just going to singletons and Brilliant. rocking up and meeting each other. And Brilliant. so, yeah, it'll be... It'll be really nice. Um, but yeah, just th- oh my god! Thank you. That's brilliant. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Is it about? I mean, I guess it's about entering as well, isn't it? Lots of people sort of say, "Oh, oh, you're shortlisted," and I sort of thought, "Well, because I entered, you've got to, ent- you've got to be in it to try and win mm. it, haven't you?" It's often about yeah, and- daring to send the entry for yourself. Yeah, and to be honest, with digital women, you can nominate people as well. So nominate other freelancers. Yeah. And I was too late to do that last year, but I'm going to do that this year for a few people. Um, and there's another one that called the Northern Power Women Awards, mm. and somebody's nominated me for that one. So I've not wow. done anything. She nominated me, and then I had to answer a few questions. Um, and it's somebody that was in the book, actually. She's nominated yeah. me for Mentor of the Year. Oh, that's so, lovely. Yeah, and it's really nice when someone else has done that. So definitely, yeah. you know, nominate other people as well. Pay it forward a bit. And if, if another freelancer's just done something amazing, it doesn't have to be a big project. They've just supported you in some way or... Mm something then you know give them a bit of a kick well yeah. not a kick up but a bit of a boost <laughs> a, a bit of yeah. a boost yeah up leg the ladder, up. that's the one yeah yeah oh, it's it's really nice so. that's amazing <laughs> advice yeah if you're not sure about putting yourself forward put someone else forward and yeah let the let the karma come back to you in a positive way potentially and yeah, that's yeah. really, really lovely. Yeah, definitely. Oh, brilliant. So, Helen, thank you so much. I've oh, got a big grin on my you. face after chatting to you. It's, <laughs> you are such a positive oh. energy. It's, it's really lovely to, to get to oh, know you by chatting you. to you for the podcast. Can you remind everybody where they can find you, the book, any Instagram, all the stuff you've mentioned? Tell us it all again so that people can, can oh, come goodness, and find I'm- you. I am everywhere. So you can find me on LinkedIn. As If you put in Helen Hill, Unlikely Genius, I will pop up. Um, I am on Instagram as at Falling Off The Ladder and Unlikely Genius, but I don't tend to use that one for too much. Cool. It's gone by the wayside of it. Yeah. Yeah. And Twitter as Unlikely Genius. Um, But yeah, if you head to fallingofftheladder.com, all my social links are on there, to be honest. And you can buy the book there. Yes, you can buy the book on your website. Yeah, yeah, a very pretty colour edition too that I did as a limited edition run. Oh, I didn't realise that. I've got the black and white one. Oh no, (laughs) I have got it though. No, and it is, guys. It is a lovely read. It's very. If you've enjoyed Helen talking, basically you'll love the book because it's like you're chatting to every. It's like it's like you're talking to people in the book. It's just got a real personal touch to it in that way, and there's sort of exercises to do and lots of resources in there and that kind of thing. So there's plenty to get stuck into so if you're thinking oh what am i going to do with december or at the end of november it's all gone a bit quiet nice yeah. chance get the book True. and uh, yeah and dig a bit into your processes and jumping or falling off ladders yeah <laughs> nice just one. not oh, too literally because that literally, is no there is a there is the other meaning of the book like i say because of my clumsiness that i do fall off ladders so <laughs> yeah no careful with the diy out there, out there thanks. yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, I wish fabulous. you all the best. Good luck with your award Thank ceremony. You. And I look forward to seeing what you get up to next on, on social and subscribe. Oh, the newsletter. Thank Tell you. us the newsletter. Oh, yes. Yeah. So if you head to followingoffladder.com, and there's, it'll pop up to subscribe. Or there is a link at the bottom of the page as well to Brilliant. sign up for Brilliant. bits of things to just help you make that shift to self-employment or to get more confident in it. Perfect. Brilliant. I yeah. look forward to seeing it, Helen. And I wish you a happy afternoon. Thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye.